in a world where high technology and devastating destruction was a way of life, where the fate of an entire star system could rest on the outcome of a single battle, one group of gritty, hardened mech warrior veterans would change the lives of millions of people. This summer, one podcast will rise above all the others. No guts, no galaxy. The Battletech Mech Warrior Podcast. And it starts right now. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. We are Jade Falcon, great among the clans. We are warriors who fight with the strength of the Falcon's claws and ascend to the heavens on the wings of the same. We remember with the clarity of Falcon's sight the words of Kerensky. Through the smoke of time he speaks to us, his chosen, and urges us onwards with the promise of Eden. We shall retake what is ours by right, that shining jewel terror. Not the vastness of space, nor the wolf's obstinate howl shall stay us from our righteous goal. We are crusaders and will trample all who stand in our way. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast number 44. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It's September 19th, 2012, and my shout-out is going to be to Fall Beers and Ale. They're delicious, and if you haven't already started drinking, you should. So, mm, Darren? Pumpkin Ale. I'd love it. Darren, who do you have? Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. My shout-outs today go to all of our international listeners. Welcome. And Brandon? Hello, this is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell, and tonight my shoutouts are going to our special guest, Brian, and of course our live audience, which is um, massive tonight. Yeah, Huge! It's like 90 plus so far, so... Woo-hoo. And Greg, who do you This have? is Greg, also known as Alexa, I want to give a shout-out to Jared C1, Ninja Turtle, and not AlexG567, for doing such outstanding work on the new DeclarationsOfWar.com, which is uh, essentially, I guess, our sister podcast for EVE Online. I don't know. We're related somehow. Cousins. Bastard. Indeed. So, my Eve podcast is all grown up now. It brings a tear to my eye. Check out their Check new website, out. declarationsofwar.com. Yes, very, very cool. And George. 
Hi there, guys. This is George. Um, I'm, my shout-out's going to go out to the Boston Beer Company in Boston, Massachusetts, for creating Sam Adams Fat Jack Ale. This is an awesome pumpkin beer, mm. and I highly recommend it. It's full of spices and alcohol, and it's really good. Uh, and that's about all. Oh, except for uh, a quick shout-out to whoever's out there in the audience who is... <laughs> Who is typing as my as me? It isn't me, but boy, I'm gonna enjoy this. The George Doppelganger. And of course, I'm not the only one thinking of beer. That's a good thing. But of course, I'd like to say welcome to all of our live studio audience. Appreciate you coming out. Some of you last minute, and some of you actually just busting in the door from work. So appreciate you getting here, and we hope you enjoy tonight's show. So, Darren. It is time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3049. And now for the news. Are you looking for more members to increase the size of your MechWarrior unit? Or do you want to flaunt your greatness? If so, and you want to get your own unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to the donation page on our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net, make a unit sponsorship donation of $10, and your ad will be included in the next show. Did you say unit? Unit, unit. You can actually make your unit bigger? I didn't know that. There's pills. Awesome. Also, as we've mentioned before, our unit directory is online. And, uh, yeah, get there and get your unit listed. We've already got, uh, I don't know, how many do we have now, Phil? It's actually quite a bit. Um, I actually went through and emailed a lot of the unit leaders who weren't familiar with the, uh, I would say, website. Uh, so make sure you go there. All you have to do is go to the unit directory, sign up your unit, and you can also do a privileged unit. Now, um, basically... Because there are certain limitations. Anyways, you can donate 10 bucks, and your unit will be always at the top of the page. Jade Falcons and one other unit already has theirs, so there can be more coverage than everybody else. So You could say the unit will be standing above the rest. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Head and shoulders above the rest. You know, I wonder if unit is the most used word in our podcast. Unit, unit, unit. I don't appreciate that kind of language for me, Darren. I know. Are you part of a unit participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online, Tactics, MechWarrior Living Legends, MechWarrior 4, Mega Mech, or any other Battletech or MechWarrior related type of group? If so, reserve your spot today on the No Guts, No Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server. Server information is located on our website. Once you log in, contact, I'm just going to say Phil from now on, and uh, he'll set you up. Yeah, I pretty much don't break things. Actually, no, that's not true. I, I, I did break the TS3 a few days You ago, break but... them, but then you fix them. If I yeah. break them, then I have to go to you to fix them. And you know. All right, this week in our international listener list, at number five, dropping two from number three last week, is Russia. Number four, up one from last week, Finland. Canada, up one at number three. And at number two, Germany. And our number one spot, still holding strong, Australia. They're, you know, it's funny, you mentioned Russia and the Germans. They are constantly on the server down, and they've got a few groups playing MWL. And I logged in this past weekend, and there was over 40 of them just, just killing the crap out of each other. So, Russia, yeah. I salute you. I, it's nice to see uh, everybody here. And also, actually, Australia's been pretty strong recently with uh, Armed. Um, they've been running the ads, so obviously their unit is growing. And uh, I see their presence on here quite a bit as well. Sick as thieves, you might say. Indeed. 
So if you have a community spotlight of any sort, um, somebody that is within the Battletech MechWarrior community that's doing something special or any kind of uh, newsworthy uh, item that you think should be brought to our attention and the community's attention, submit it to us uh, at spotlight at nogutsnogalaxy.net and we will get it into the next community spotlight. Other than that, we don't have one for this week. Actually, I have a challenge for everyone who has ordered a t-shirt and has gotten their t-shirt. We want pictures. Pictures! I agree. Are you guys sure about that? Well, (laughs) we're sure we want to get the pictures as far as sharing them. If there's pants or no pants involved, I still want the picture. You know, it is what it is. I've seen horrible things in life, and I can just point them out. So, I mean, having been in the military, you can say that uh, you've seen it all. Seen dead people and seen Darren half naked. I mean, it's sort of like on the same you know, ground. So, touche. All right, as I mentioned last show, Mike and Gus, our resident uh, tabletop guys down in Florida, they have joined forces. So, if you're in the South Florida area and looking for a BattleTech tabletop group. They will be at the Sunshine Adventure Gaming the first Sunday of every month and at the Adventure Gaming Store on the fourth Sunday of every month. They're also playing another Catalyst Game Labs uh, game, The Love of Viathans, on the second and third Sunday of every month. Contact Mike and Gus for more information. Their information, their emails, will be in the uh, show notes for this episode. And if you're playing a tabletop game in your area and you'd like for more, uh, you either to start one or you're looking for more players... Go ahead and email us at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net and give us your info as far as where you're playing, what you're wanting, and uh, we will make sure to get it mentioned in our show. And, of course, like Phil just said, pictures. We want more pictures. Show us your tabletop. Show us your amazing painted mechs. Whatever you got going on, show it off. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as our website hosting, this TeamSpeak 3 server, which we just had to uh, upgrade pretty big time, uh, other equipment, software, prizes, etc. So check out our donations page, which includes recurring donations, unit sponsorships, George Ledoux recorded messages and ads, and that is the news. Phil? All right, guys. We finally have reached a milestone in our show. It's taken us almost a year to do it. I'd like to welcome our special guest, Brian Ekman, creative director at Piranha Games for MechWare Online. Brian, thank you for being on the show. Hey guys, my pleasure. I'm sorry it took this long, but I'm super happy to be here, and I've been listening to you guys for the better part of a year now, and I absolutely love what you do. You embody the fans to the core. You know you know what this past year has been? It's been like foreplay. Like... That, that's what this whole year's been. Okay, it's obviously this show is a lot different for you than it is for me. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's been like a, the longest tease ever. No, we're glad to have you on the show. Now, can you just basically tell us, you know, what you do over at Prong? Yeah, sure. Uh, so creative director, depending on what studio you're at, does a variety of things. But uh, here at Piranha Games, I'm essentially in charge of anything to do with creativity as my title says so that includes design uh, overseeing or help to oversee the art direction with my art director Dennis and uh, level design as well so I'm the guy who ultimately makes the final call on what features go in the game and uh, what they look like so can I ask is that like the ultimate job in the world to, to be the director of creative activities 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a dream job. I love it. I love having my hands and everything, working with the art team, working with Paul and David Bradley on the design of the game, and working with our level designers, Thad and David. Uh, it's just a fantastic position. It is truly a dream job. I was going to say, with Mech Warrior and, and the franchise, and you guys diving into this, can you, I guess, within the past... Uh, six months since obviously closed beta and just the design and creation. What's been, in your opinion, the most difficult thing that you've had to do? I think it's the constant balancing of what our customers are telling us, the fans and those playing beta, and what we need to do as a business. I can imagine that's a, a hard balancing act. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, I mean, obviously, MechWare is a free-to-play game, but at the end of the day, uh, we do need to make money. So it's about designing the game to be fun and accessible to everybody, but also putting uh, value points inside that game that people are willing to spend money on. Yeah, because, like you said, you're a business. I mean, you, you have all these grandiose plans, but to get there, you have to have funds. So, you know, and I think you guys have chosen a pretty awesome model that the Western... Um, side of gaming really is starting to grasp a hold of but yet asian market has been basically using they're the ones who created free to play and so you guys are sort of choosing in my opinion a really really good strategy for bringing out uh the next mechware title yeah i mean basically right now what do you got you got world of tanks league of legends and recently guild wars 2 um using the free to play model and, that, and that doing well with guild it. wars 2 is not free to play well okay purchase it once you know do the subscription model but i think it's really the wave of the future and, and you're right that we are behind the curve as far as uh this has been something that's been uh happening in the asian market um for a long time uh, brian are you finding uh it difficult to translate the free-to-play uh idea to people whether it be gamers or media yeah, I think in North America, we obviously have a huge hang-up on this whole pay-to-win concept. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit polarizing in, in North America still. I like to think, and, and in fact, it's what we're starting to see, is people are, are beginning to understand what free-to-play means, and that it's not all about pay-to-win. Um, and we've been very cognizant of that since day one, and we've tried to mold MechWarrior towards those value propositions rather than what traditionally you've seen, say, in Russia and other places where you person with the biggest wallet wins so uh, that's been difficult and it's taken a lot of training uh, and a lot of marketing and a lot of working with the community and working with the media to say hey guys you gotta look at it this way this is how we see it um, and I think we've been successful yeah I've seen a, a few little debates about the whole uh, pay to win thing and, and people trying to apply it to your game but uh, it, for the most part I think that they fail in their arguments um, it's not like you can like in World of Tanks, you can buy gold rounds. I mean, that's pretty simple, pay to win. Um, you don't have that scenario happening in yours. And I think you guys have embraced the uh, the model really well to where it's going to be great for the community, great for the business. And when it's great for the business, again, that's great for the community because the game lasts for years and years and years. So we actually had a question, um, and I was actually interested in this. Uh, don't know how much of a Battletech nerd you are, Brian, but you're on a Battletech nerd show, so we're going to ask. So if you had to pick a faction to be represented, you know, as yourself in, in Battletech, which one would you go with? Uh, I've always been a House Davian guy myself. You know, I kind of just like that, uh, that classic feel. I don't know. That's, for me, that's who I like. 
Don't worry, you chose the right side. So just throwing that out there. Look at our live audience. Obviously, there's a divided reaction there. There's a lot of woots and yays and a lot of boos. Yeah, well, no... just just count on the fact that Damon's going to get a special bonus when Community Warfare comes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I, I don't know if those Kyrians, <clears throat> they might not be so lucky. I was going to say, uh, there's the, the World of Low Tax guys, the the competing confederations rolling deep. So uh, we actually had some questions uh, when we, we told the, the community out there we're going to have Brian on the show. We asked him, hey, pitch your questions. And we actually had a few. And uh, if you don't mind, we'll dive into those. Fire away. All right. So we got Josh Davion, and he says, is PGI planning to make maps on a larger scale? And he, you know, he basically goes into with 12v12 matches supposedly coming in the near future will there be maps that support longer range battles that you know endorse more of extensive movements like MechWarrior 4 mercenaries which had like a 10 plus square kilometer map yeah i mean we started mwo with uh trying to force the issue we wanted people to get up and close and personal and get away from the the insanely long engagements that we've seen in previous MechWarrior games. However, we're also wanting to expand on the size of the maps and make them a little bit bigger than where they're at right now. And our, our fourth map, uh, sorry, our fifth map, uh, Desert, is actually much larger than even the largest map we have now, Caustic Valley. So we're going to continue to increase the size, provided it still creates that intensity of combat that we've captured so far. And when you mean by intensity of combat, uh, one of the things that um, I see in the videos and all the, the the commentary when I'm watching everything is you guys are going for a real unique inner sphere up in your face. It's it's a brawl. It's dirty. It's nitty and gritty. And you read all of that in, in the novels. But yet, in my opinion, a lot of the past MechWare titles, fun as though they may have been, haven't really captured that, you know? Do yeah, you feel I... that that's something you guys are going for? Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the novels. Uh, if I look at how MechWarrior or Battletech has been expressed, I love the way it's expressed in the novels. It's very visceral. It's very emotional. It's very intense, like you said. And that's what we want to capture was that up-close, personal combat experience um, where you're fighting your opponent in a one-on-one -on -one battle. Now, do you think uh, we're, we're going to get off on a tangent here? Um, I know there was a long discussion, uh, and Randall Bills chimed in a while back, and um, a few other people about basically when the clans were introduced. You know, and granted, we're talking about older MechWar titles. Um, that because of the clans and the introduction of longer range and heavier damage, do you feel that that's some of the development designs that you guys are probably obviously working on in the future? Are you guys going to tackle something new there, or should we expect something new? Maybe you won't be able to comment exactly. I can comment a little bit on how we want to approach the clans, and I, I did a stand-up at, uh, at PAX, and I kind of answered this question similarly. I almost want to do a social experiment with the clans because they have quite a strict set of rules and how they need to engage the enemy. It'd be interesting to see how we can translate that to MechWarrior Online so that there's a little bit more role-playing involved with the clans and that it kind of offsets their power base, so if that makes sense. So instead of them just hopping in and dominating because their weapons are better, they have more armor, like they actually have to follow the lore. And for those who aren't familiar, clans for fight on a total honor system basically it's one-on-one -on -one combat until someone breaks that then it's just melee all the way like just i really like that approach too, taking the the rp end of it and using that as balance because 
at least in the lore of the books, that was more or less effective. If you could trick, essentially trick the clans into following their honor code until it's to your advantage to break it, and then you turn the tables on them. That's how a lot of the Interfere got their early wins, so I would love to see that somehow represented in a video game. Now, with all this clan talk, you know, obviously, uh, Phil, I'm a Intersphere guy myself, but do you guys think that there's going to be like this mass exodus when uh, the, the clans are playable uh, to where there's going to be like only, you know, me and a few other people left in the Intersphere? I think it's natural that people migrate to new content, so I, I definitely think that's going to happen to a certain extent. However, I think if we make it balanced and we do the right things, it'll be less of an issue. Yeah, well, I, I will go down fighting. I will never leave my post. I think you're going to Don't see worry. a lot of groups take a stance and stay with Intersphere, to be honest. I, I really think that you're going to see some of that RP come out in groups that have been Intersphere since the beginning and really hold true to, you know, that, that you know, E-Online Honor uh, code. But E-Online Honor. I'll keep yeah. a Bondsman cord ready for you, Darren. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll always be around. All right, our next question is from Purgatory, and he asks, Currently, PGI has revealed that private matches are on the drawing board. Will this be implemented in the development chain soon, or is it something that will be implemented with, like, community warfare? We view any new modes and private matches being a form of new mode as a way to fracture our user base and put them into buckets. We're concerned, and we want to make sure that we reach a certain number of online users before we start segmenting them into different buckets like private matches. It's actually part of community warfare. It's something we feel is tied closely to uh, our mercenary corps and their need to train and practice and tournaments and the ability for people to uh, play against uh, an opposing team on their own um, time. So what I just got out of that is we'll have the ability to train, to prepare, to basically go in the maps, create a plan of action, and basically... Um, remember, I think I was talking about this a while back on a few, few of the podcasts. I remember someone in the Mech 4 community created a literal manual of tactics used. Is anybody else in the live audience? Do you, do you remember reading this? Because I remember it. It was like, it had diagrams. I mean charts of ballistic information i mean everything mm, no no uh, are you sure well, this Brian's, wasn't one of your Brian dreams says yes on night maps but that's not what he's talking about i'm gonna shut up again <laughs> <laughs> george is drinking everyone so cheers so, yeah unit unit yeah, just to comment on the night maps, we're actually just finishing up some relights and uh, integration of a new version of the engine uh, that's going to come online early October. After that's done, we're going to do a pass, which I've already announced in the forums, of each of the maps that gives them an alternate lighting scheme. It'll make it so that there's more maps to play, They're physically the same, but different lighting conditions and different weather conditions. So the strategy behind each of those maps will be slightly different, so it should be a little fresh. Yeah, well, I mean, the difference between playing on a map uh, night and day, well, is night and day. It's going to well, be... You mentioned vision modes. Obviously, we know we have the regular, where you're looking through the viewports, but we also know the heat. Um, in early um, conversations, I remember seeing something about Magnuscan or something to the effect. Uh, well, and for those who may not know, Magnuscan is basically, it's like a magnetic, uh, where heat, you see the heat, 
obviously magnetism. I thought it's where you see metal. metal. Well, yeah. yeah. But you see the metal, uh, the magnetism from the metal. So is that still on the drawing boards? Can you comment on that? Yes, it's actually a module. And uh, Alex did a fantastic uh, paint over of the forest colony showing how it works. It's not public, unfortunately, but in our concept art, yes, it'll be part of a module that'll be released uh, probably in the next six to eight weeks. Uh, it's a new vision mode. You have to unlock it using uh, experience, but once you have it, you can equip it to your mech. So Are we going to be seeing the that concept art before the module's released for testing? Or? Yeah, let me see what I can do about that. Uh, also, we're introducing Pip Zoom, similar to previous MechWares. That's also a module. In fact, Sean, who sits a few desks over for me, is working on it right now. Exciting. Very cool. If I could be that cockroach in the corner, how much would you pay? And you would be a cockroach in the corner. Heck I have yeah, a cockroach right next to me, and he's looking yeah. at me. Right <laughs> <laughs> this isn't me. All right, so we got the next question, and it's from Seth, um, and Seth is our web guru, Adam. Um, by the way, Adam, appreciate all the hard work you do for us. And he asks, what was it about the 2011-12 time frame that basically we saw MechWare Online, Tactics, Tactical Command be announced? Uh, you know, pretty much the franchise was sort of forgotten about. Then you had the 3015 trailer, then all of this. Can you comment? Is there obviously i think somebody somewhere some super uh crazy fan made some kind of deal with the devil all right let me go through this uh once and for all this is how it goes the license is split into two parts you have the tabletop rights and all print t-shirts physical medium that's owned by tops catalyst has a license with tops piranha games currently is the license holder for a portion of the MechWare digital rights, and that is platform-specific, so that would be Xbox and Windows. Uh, the MWO, so the MechWare license, is only available on PC products, PC web, uh, or Xbox. It's not available for Mac or Android or Sony platforms or Nintendo platforms. This is a restriction that the ultimate license holder, who is still Microsoft, has put in place for all subsequent sub-licensees. We are sub- we sub-license the rights from uh, Spin the Ticker, as did the oh gosh, I can't remember their name, Persona Studios. So they have the rights for the mobile mobile version of their game. Um, I've, they can actually be on Apple. Sorry, I apologize for that because that was afterwards. Uh, so that's how that all works. They have the rights for that one platform. We have the rights for our platforms. It all goes through Smith & Tinker, who, when Jordan founded that company, acquired the rights from Microsoft for a period of time. So hopefully that's somewhat less confusing. Well, there's a lot of speculation all the time about that kind of stuff, so it's nice to get the straight answer, and we thank you for that. Oh, hey, just to throw another wrench in there, the movie rights are with another company. Can you say who? Uh, I think it's public knowledge. I, uh, I can't remember the name. It's, it's a thing like Weinstein or one of those guys has it. Oh, man. If only. Can you All right. You, okay. Uh, no Guts, No Galaxy audience. Track this person down. Let's yeah, start with a writing campaign. <laughs> um, on that, uh, Brian, can you possibly comment? Is there any um, projects that maybe are going to be announced in the future? Or is it something that do on the success of MechWare Online, possibly there will be more announced? 
Absolutely. I mean, we control the rights ultimately to the two biggest platforms. Anything major will have to go through us. Uh, we sub-license the rights for MechWare Tactics to our partner IGP. Uh, so if there is an opportunity in the future uh, for us to take MechWare to a new console or to the Windows platform in a different format, uh, we absolutely are going to explore that. Right now, we have a lot of work left to do in MechWare Online and we want to get that finished, tuned, and fun to play and everything like that before we look at anything else. I fully support that effort. Concur. And the last question, and Darren, you want to say this name? Or Brennan, before I screw it up. Kyrie? I would have definitely screwed it up. Just saying. Anyways. Kyrie? Kyrie. Kyrie. Uh, something. Carrie, perhaps? Uh, I think it's Kyrie. See? see? At least I'm not the only one. And he or she asks, can you give us any additional information on community warfare? In particular, do you feel, still feel that the factions will be passive and mercs will be active? Absolutely. Uh, that statement is correct. We view the factions and joining a faction as a passive concept where I want to be part of a, a group, but I'm not interested in running my own group or setting its own structure and rules. Active players, you know, the core fans, the core players, they really want to control their destin destiny as much as possible. And we want to build a suite of tools and the ability for them to do that. So the ability to basically micromanage would go to the mercs, whereas... If you're a house, you're basically, you're on the payroll and life's a little bit easier. You don't have to worry about everything. Yeah, that's a fair statement. I want to be careful how how I make it sound when it comes to economics. Uh, this won't be as in-depth as, say, Eve when it comes to economic, economics. But uh, yes, there's, you'll control your structure, your ranks, pay scales, things like that. Uh, whereas people who are part of a faction are going to be more or uh, they'll have to work towards the structure of that faction. So uh, if there's a specific unit in that faction, you might have to do certain things to achieve a membership in that faction. But they're predetermined and they're set up by PGI. Well, I know that you guys mentioned that community warfare, even though you guys have a design, um, you guys will be looking at the community, right? I mean, what the community wants, what the community desires, because ultimately, because you are a free-to-play game, and you need to build content that the players want to stick around and continue playing. So a lot of these things where, that may not be necessary to implement at the very beginning, you guys are going to be you know, thrown in there. And that's the cool thing about the free-to-play market. is you, you, It's like iterations. You can import new content continuously, you know, monthly, weekly. I mean, one of those things. So that's another thing I like about the free-to-play model what you guys are bringing to the table. Yeah, I wanted to jump on a question here from uh, We Ogre, or however you want to say it, World War II Ogre. Uh, yes, when it comes to the famous mercenary units, uh, we're going to treat them like factions. I think this is kind of a, a middle ground between what people wanted and what we need from a game point of view. Uh, so, uh, say Wolf Dragoon, we'll be able to allow players to be associated with that group but not have control over it. So we're looking at that as an option. I like that. I think uh, when you guys initially announced that people in those murky, you know, like people weren't going to be allowed to be those act, like everyone was like, oh, foul, foul, foul. And it was like, well, why don't they just run them just like a house, you know, so no one's really controlling them, but they can still participate. And so, anyways. I still laugh because that seemed like such a duh thing to me, you know, like 
they're going to hand over Grey Death Legion to Joe Schmo and <laughs> let him ruin their name. Give Forget it to that. Me. Yes, Little Billy is the commander. Um, yeah, exactly. If you'd like to leave a message. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, Brian, is there anything you'd like to tell the community? I mean, a lot of people obviously weren't at PAX, couldn't get there. Is there anything that you'd like to let the audience know, let the listener base know about upcoming events for McWare Online? Uh, there will be a series of really cool events coming up in the new year. I can't talk about our plans as they're marketing driven, but uh, there is, there's going to be a really neat event in the first quarter that I'm excited about. Uh, beyond that, it's kind of the end of trade show, trade show season, so we're going through Christmas, and uh, we we won't be at any more public events uh, probably through the end of 2012, as far as I can think of. Well, cool events will make for a very happy new year indeed. Yes. Anything cool on the East Coast, perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> Around the corner like... from your house, perhaps? Uh, perhaps there's several trade shows that happen in the first four months of the new year that we may or may not be redacted at. Well, I do know Duncan that Fisher a... will be making live appearances at the local uh, <laughs> Howard Johnson's. Woo. Awesome. Well, Brian, we're going to continue on with the show and obviously if oh, you have can the time I ask to... him a question please, Wait, you have... please please you have a question greg yeah sure we already uh, know his favorite color i wanted to ask him about community warfare but somebody already asked about that but i wanted to know if he was happy with where role warfare was or if there were going to be any more pieces of information coming out about further development on that yeah role warfare is uh it's in development it'll be in development forever uh, i feel like we're just scratching the surface if I was to say if I'm happy where it is, no, I'm not happy where it's at. Uh, we're missing a large portion of the modules. What's really cool is I'm sitting on a stable build right now that's about to go to stage, for those who know what stage is. Uh, we're about to push something up that's going to have the first modules, and I'm really excited to see how that changes the, the gameplay. So, Roll Warfare is starting to roll in. You'll see a lot of that those items come into play through October and into, into November. Is uh, stage kind of like on deck for baseball fans? Yes. In the chamber, something like that? Yeah, if uh, if Stable was sitting in the dugout, stage is, yes, correct. <laughs> gotcha. You had to put it in terms of units. Unit. <laughs> Thank God! Yeah, so it goes, it backs up two weeks. So what you see in production, uh, so yesterday's patch went to stage the week before and Stable the week before that, so. Awesome. I love hearing about how like studios operate and mm-hmm. jargon. It's always behind cool. the scenes. Can I ask Brian a question? Go right ahead, sir. Brian, can you confirm or deny that the mechs are going to eventually have a beer can holder in in the cockpits? I can confirm that you have one attachment point inside your cockpit to place a bobble-style <laughs> thing of your choice once we get the visual customization in, which will happen between October 16th and November 16th. Ooh, like, so a bobble-style awesome. beer can holder. That could be messy. You bet. Look forward to some interesting marketing part pieces to that puzzle very shortly. Awesome. So if you didn't drink enough in real life, you'll at least be able to pretend you're drinking in-game. Actually, I got a oh, boy. Brian, if you don't mind me asking. Go for it. Awesome. All right. A lot of us here are very familiar with FD and his artwork. Is there any um, 
anything in the works for getting almost like an art book or some sort of I know oh, yeah. uh, from images in your office you have uh, what seems to be walls and walls of paper and uh, images on the wall is there any way of uh, any chance of getting that uploaded onto the site or are you going to do an art book or anything like that I, th- I think what he's asking is are you going to share the mech porn <laughs> I totally second that question. I know so many people that would want to buy that book. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's on our list of to dos once we uh, once we get to past open beta. Uh, there's a, obviously some issues around prints. Tops ultimately uh, yeah. owns the rights to all print materials, so we have to do a little negotiating with them. But I don't see that being an issue. I know Catalyst would absolutely love to partner with us on that, so we'll talk to them. But yeah, we do. <laughs> Shut up, take my money. Absolutely, I will take your money. Uh, but yeah, we do. Uh, we do plan to do something there. It, it deserves it. it de- you know, Alex, uh, Alex has done such an amazing job along with Dennis and some of our other concept artists. And it's absolutely needs to get into the hands of the fans because it's truly special. And there's some stuff you guys haven't seen that's absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Christmas. I'm See? just saying. He's a tease. That's what. That's what you are. <laughs> no, all right, guys. Awesome. Let's 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 move on. No more uh, lining up for. We'll be talking to Brian uh, all day. Yeah, Brian, I know you have to go soon or maybe right now, but if you'd like to chime in, because we'd like to, you said you're a Battletech fan. That's good to know. You know, it's good to know that someone who's developing, you know, a big, I would say a big part of your life. Uh, a lot of us are uh, die Yeah, are dude, Battle I mean, Tech if fans. you're working for a company that's developing a Battletech base game, it dude, would help if you're it, you you know, would a be Battletech fan. <laughs> You'd be amazed. Game developers, they'll have no He may guys. not be amazed. He's worked with them. You know, you're yeah. right, Phil, because I can't stand podcasts, and yet I'm part of this one, so it works. See? Right. There you go. <laughs> Do you I hate us? Guys. All right, guys, we're moving on to Mech of the Week. Go big or go home. Max. Or go Steiner, you know, because they Go was... big or go home or go Steiner. Hmm. And now, this week's Mech of the Week. Um, you guys what is this week's Mech of the Week? Well, they voted, and it was actually a little bit of a lengthy vote, and there was actually more votes than normal because we had to postpone from last week's podcast. The Archer was the winner. Archer? One of my top four favorite mechs. Love the Archer. Seriously. It just so happens we also got the commission artwork from Shimmer and Sword of the Archer. If you haven't checked it out, Mm. amazing artwork, by the way. It really brought that design to a whole nother level. So, Darren, oh. this is your favorite mech. You one of my, n- not my favorite mech, one of my top four favorite mechs. Yeah, his it, favorite mech is Warhammer. Well, Warhammer. It's in, your, it's in your favorite lance. It's my, it's, yeah, one of one of four in my favorite lance. Yes, definitely I'll talk about it. It is a heavy mech. It's 70 tons, goes 64.8 kilometers per hour. This is, of course, the, uh, the Prime, the ARC-2R. It was first produced in 2474. Um, and this variant has two LRM-20s and four medium lasers. So basically, death from above. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, getting hammered. Uh, uh, LRMs keep landing on my head or whatever. Yeah, that's that's the mech that's going to be doing it to you. Now, this design in general um, is part of the unseen. Now, what we it had... It is. Yes, so... It is Brian, iconic... It is beautiful, and it's very popular, widely can, used. Can we ask Brian um, 
<laughs> I don't know, Brian, can we ask him? What is his thoughts of the unseen and uh, possibly... Oh, I don't know if I want to hear this. Fallout shelter. <laughs> he may just say, sorry, I can't talk about it. Brian? So yeah, I have great... <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. have you uh, have you played the tabletop much, Brian? Uh, yeah, I have played it a little bit. I, I'm not a huge, huge tabletop nut. Like, I don't play on a regular basis, but I do absolutely enjoy it. Uh, uh, so, yeah, go ahead with your question then. Oh, I was just going to say, have you ever used the archer in the tabletop? Uh, I have not used the archer. Uh, although, I love all the classic Robotech versions, like the Warhammer. I just oh, yeah. love their models. I mean, who doesn't, right? There was a reason why they stole those, uh, those mechs, but... Uh... Yeah, so anymore, a little, uh, anyway, a little bit more information. Um, it is, as Phil was getting to, a very widely used mech in both tabletop and the uh, different games that have come out. Um, I've used it many times in my tabletop and mega mech games. It is primarily a fire support mech. Uh, sits way back in the distance and lobs missiles. Over 100,000 were produced by the start of the first succession war. And it is a very popular command mech because of its long reach, allowing the commanders to kind of sit back and observe uh, the battle from a distance. And it is much less effective in close quarters because, you know, its primary weapons, the LRM-20s, are not used. For medium lasers, Is nothing to shake a stick at, but it's still not uh, its main armament. And, Another uh, reason it was popular with commanders was the increased size inside the cockpit. It was a frequent point of discussion. In the books, there was room for a command seat. You are correct. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice roomy cockpit. Sure that wasn't just like a porta potty or something. <laughs> well, you're can... sure they would have a second com tech there that would manage all the communications traffic and filter out important information to the commander. But if you wanted to get rid of that com tech, you could of course install a porta potty if you wanted to. Yeah, Hospitals. or a wet bar. That would be a good idea. Hey, that's what would be in your Mac, huh? So well, right now what... it would be. <laughs> <laughs> With the Archer, I've actually, we've used this quite a bit in our Mega Mech campaigns, and it's actually a really good mech. It's very vulnerable to overheating, um, especially, obviously, the older versions that don't have double heat sinks or improved systems. So it runs really hot, and we actually blew a few of these up against uh, Boo, um, and it was actually due to ammo explosions. You hit that uh, LRM. Gotta get ammo. the case. Yeah, and uh, it goes sky high, but... Into the notable pilots who piloted the Archer. Some pretty major pilots here. Yeah, and it so happens that most of them were the commanders of the units that were able to use that. And, of course, this is from the Battletech novels, but use that sort of long-reach, bird's-eye view, sort of gave them the... The big picture. Yeah, gave them the big picture, their surroundings and and stuff like that. But we had uh, Jamie Wolfe, and he had a 2W variant. Um, You had Morgan Kell commander of the Kellhounds, and Alexander Carlisle, son of Grayson Carlisle of the Grey Death Legion. So, Yeah, I mean, those as far as big names in Battletech, there you go. I mean, those are all super well-known uh, characters and all fans of uh, one of my favorite mechs, the Archer. It's like the, uh, you know, Mad Dog version for the Inner Sphere. You know, it's that support role, sort of sits back, lobs it in. So, Yep. All right, guys. Great mech. Love it. And of course, if you haven't checked out that uh, picture from Shimmering Sword doing the Unseen remake, ah, it's beautiful. 
Community questions, because we most of them were directed at Brian, we've only got two. And one of them was from Devlin Davion. He says, I know you guys already have lots to talk about, and you have Mech of the Week and Community Spotlight, but what about having a short lore section, just a five-minute part would do, where you could talk about anything to do with Battletech Universe, such as factions, units, house, or mercs, personalities, equipment, etc. Well, Devlin... Actually, things are going in the background to move towards just that. Uh, we stopped doing the book of the month because we really felt we couldn't give the book of the month what it needed. Couldn't and do it justice. This, yeah, with readers, this, that's what it needed. <laughs> no, no, most of them, uh, all the books had been read. It's just the fact that read by you, Phil. That doesn't right. <laughs> yeah, true. All I can say on this is, within the near future. Hopefully, uh, within the next uh, few months, me and Darren will be bringing something to light that'll that'll sort of basically more niche. content. I mean, there's there's so much stuff that we've wanted to be able to do over the last year, um, and and book of the month was right up there with uh, something we really wanted to do, but we just couldn't do it right. And so we've been waiting for the time to where we can bring out some of these other ideas that we've had, um, but only if we could do it right. So that is what we're working on, and uh, we'll hopefully have some more announcements on that in the future. Sniper Viper asks, now that all the four Unseen mechs for the NGNG shirts are done, and done awesome, by the way, are there any plans of getting more Unseen recreated by Shimmering Sword? And if that's so, what mechs, vehicles, etc. would that be? Who could question? Um, well... We, we really haven't decided where we're going next, have we? We haven't decided, but we have actually talked about it. Uh, right now, our focus is getting the shirt distributor up to date. We've already got the website. We've got the links, everything ready to go. We just haven't published it until I get the damn shirt. And I can say, you know what? If it's Quality. good enough for me, it's good enough for you guys. And we're not going to do anything less of that. So you guys deserve it. So with both of these questions, support the show. You know, buy a T-shirt. You know, donate if you can. Help us out so we can do this full time every day of our lives. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we really are working hard to make this our uh, full time gig. Um, if that happens, then we will be doing a lot more for you guys, and we're really hoping it goes that direction. But uh, it really, even if we're doing it full time and and things are going well, it's your support that makes that so. Um, so if you enjoy what you're getting and you want more, donate, donate, please. All right, guys, because we have such a large studio audience, we're going to go to live questions from the audience. But tonight, because we have so many, we're only going to go for two. So if you have a question, go ahead and type it up and we'll ask you to unmute your mic and ask away. All right, that's actually a good question. War Games, can you go ahead and unmute? So what's been going on with your upload schedule regarding podcast um yeah basically uh, like we were just saying there's things going on in the background that phil and i have had to um put a lot of our time and effort into um can't go into deal t details right now uh even as far as telling you what it is it's taking up our time but it is something and it is super cool and we're moving in that direction so as far as answering your question is as far as our release schedule these 
uh, podcasts that are a little bit behind schedule now are all going to be posted by next Wednesday, so a week from today. And following that day, there's going to be uh, a 24-hour turnaround on all podcasts. So we record on a Wednesday, and it will be posted uh, by that time on the following Thursday. Did you Not the following Thursday, the next. All of these podcasts, plus the one tonight, will already be published and ready to go by next Wednesday? <laughs> it is on the record. You're and loving that, aren't you? hour turnaround? Did you just say that? Not all, not the ones that are not posted yet in 24 hours, but once these are all posted by next Wednesday, then after that, all podcasts from here on out will be posted within 24 hours. Bam! There you Fantastic. have it. Fantastic. And that's, bro. Yeah, serious. serious. So, War Games, that's actually something we were hoping someone would ask because we've been truthful for you with you guys and, uh, so we're moving that yeah i mean the bottom line the reason all this stuff gets behind is because this is not a full-time gig for us right now and so uh we've had to balance family we've had to balance work we've had to balance school which phil and i are both doing work and school um so it's just been crazy hectic trying to make everything happen but we've uh it's it's going to be cool stuff it's all going in a good direction and uh all this stuff is going to be turned around a lot quicker and to your ears all right what's the next question did anybody see hold on we got a question from uh S.A. Varna, you want to unmute your mic? I think it was a question for Brian. That is, what is it, Daniel Varna? Is that how you pronounce it, I think? Yeah, go ahead. Do you have a mic that works? Oh, uh, no, Mike. Okay, well, his question, do you want to repeat your question and see if Brian can answer it for you? I'll read it out loud for you. All right, he asks, do you think to expand after time MWO to combined arms, or is it only going to be mechs? Brian, can you make a comment about that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, we are not planning to add combined arms into the game, mostly because we believe the battle mech is the hero and the pilot is the, the main entity of that, that universe. So we don't want to get its tanks and aerospace fighters. Uh, we're just focused on that, that mech-on-mech <laughs> battle. And with that, I think a lot of people don't realize the design issues that stem from implementing you know, other... Uh, assets, aerospace, tanks, infantry. I mean, it would be a completely different... It's like tackling on four MechWarrior lines at the same time, right? That's right, yeah. I, we just... We want to focus. We want to make the gameplay really fun and intense. Now, I saw a few people ask questions about Arties. Uh, we do plan to add in off... Like, not AI support, but indirect fire support as a module and an ability for the commander. So you'll see that come online in the next few months. Nice. Hey, uh, Phil, real quick. Um, Somebody asked, uh, Pete Zone there asked a question about the Bombadil show and what's going on with that. And I know other people have been asking me via email and so forth. Just to let you all know what's happening with with those uh, YouTube videos is that we are making a new channel, uh, which those videos will be moved to. And then it's going to be something that... uh, to start, at least, Phil and I will both be contributing to. So it's just basically going to become a bigger channel, um, and it's not going to be called the Bombadil Show anymore. But it will be the same type of content and uh, from from more contributors. There's so Bombadil much cool. Co. Sh- there's so much cool shit going on. Seriously, I think you guys will like what's hopefully going to come around. So we're we're putting in the time, and uh, you guys deserve it. So. All right, guys, we're moving on to Mechron Line and its news. And we had a good little sit-down chat. Well, we didn't. You guys did. Uh, with the gameplay engineer. And Brian obviously knows this guy pretty well. You would hope. Well, obviously. Wait, you want, you want to give us the uh, pronunciation on that last name, Brian? 
<laughs> okay, you're setting me up now. Uh, uh, I don't try to pronounce the last name. Uh, <laughs> so you I just call him Thomas to him D. Thomas, Thomas D. Yeah, actually, there you go. TDZ is his uh, his shorthand. So awesome. No, he's uh, he's uh, an amazing engineer, and he's responsible for a lot of the enjoyment you get out of all the weapon systems and uh, the the combat that you see. Thank and you, Thomas D. And that's pretty much what the uh, transcript said. Um, I'd read it when it first came out, and I gave it a quick read before the show. And basically, this guy handles pretty much all the weapon systems. I mean, uh, in general, the, the lasers, the autocannons, PPCs, LRMs, SRMs, everything about it. This guy's behind the scenes creating those systems. Now, Brian, can you elaborate on the term engineer for a lot of people? Because... A lot of people are like, holy crap, games have engineers. How long has it been since the term programmer was, was sort of dropped in the form of engineer? Uh, so, sorry, how long it was ago that we went from programmer to engineer? It depends on the studio. Uh, we try to be a little bit more formal here out of respect for their skill set. It's generally programmers more of a slang term, if that makes any sense. I mean, some of these guys have PhDs, masters. I mean, they go and they're, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't realize the amount of just school and knowledge and mathematical skills these guys are. I mean, that's all it is, right? It's basically math. All right, so Garth has given me the pronunciation. Delioski. Ooh, never would have got that. Yeah, I would have screwed that one up. Well, duh. Anyways, the transcript is pretty long, but basically it's a gist of what Thomas does and the creation of those systems, and it's a really good read, so if you have the time, check it out. Uh, the Ask the Dev 16 uh, answers came out, and some of these were actually pretty, well, I thought they were sort of funny. Uh, but basically, uh, one of the questions that sort of piqued my interest was, with robots with torso, well, this is the question, Will robots with torso angle of 360 degrees, such as a Thanatos or a Thor... Thanatos. That's, that's Summoner, by the way, not Thor. And it's Thanatos, not whatever it was you said. Whatever. <laughs> Go on. Whatever. What was his name again, Darren? Uh, Thomas D. Oh, okay. Anyways, and Garth's response is, we, uh, we currently don't have any plans to do this, although we may with future mechs. So the best possible answer is maybe. And really what I would get out of this is just for the fact that it changes the din- dynamics of gameplay if you allow a mech to be able to swivel around 360. And we, we saw this in MWL. I mean, look at the uh, Mad Dog Vulture, if you will, being able... I mean, basically... you Huge can, advantage on that mech. You can never get in... If you're on a one-on-one, you can never get and strike the, the rear armor. I mean, it was almost impossible. So, running away while shooting volleys for defensive, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm sure that's on our plate as well. There's uh, some other information is you know graphic options, and it looks like they'll have those up to date. Now, that being said, Brian, Cry Three is a pretty powerful engine. Um, with the introduction of tessellation, is that something or one of the technologies you guys going to be utilizing? Yeah, with uh, the next drop that comes, I believe it goes to live to the production servers early October, so the first patch in October. I believe that's when 3.41, which is the current version of the engine we have, it includes DirectX 11 support. Uh, 
and tessellation and all these these really cool TXAA and some NVIDIA stuff that we're putting in. So yeah, the engine is very powerful. It is fairly scalar, to be honest. It's taken us a little while to learn it. Uh, we're very close to, and very close in performance and we're getting happier with each patch. Uh, thanks to the fans, especially for helping us out with that because they've created some really good uh, uh, metrics for us to follow. So There you have it. Not only is it going to be awesome, it's going to look awesome. Awesomer, I should say. Yes, I said that, Darren. No, I heard it. Do you have any retort for that? No, nah, I'm going to be lazy. <laughs> All right. Anyways, there's a few other uh, uh, questions like underwater maps or anything like that. There's no current plans, but, you know, uh, these guys, the sky's the limit. And I'm actually pretty interested interested to see what other types of terrain and environments we're going to see. I mean, you already heard urban, desert, snow, and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, the sky is the limit, obviously, based on the success of the game. And so there's all these people that want, you know, the, all, certain mechs added to the game, underwater combat, whatever. Um, the, the bottom line is, the, if we want all this stuff, support the game. Uh, you know, buy some in-game currency, invite your friends to play. The, the bigger and the more successful we make this game, the longer it's going to last and the more content they're going to give us. And that's the beauty, as Phil mentioned before, of the free-to-play model. Be a positive experience. Don't be a hater. Speaking of things to buy with virtual currency to, uh, to you know, support this game a little bit, Rainbow Dash stickers on the max. Yes, <laughs> oh, God. no, or a little wiggle room there. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Deckle Systems coming in i don't know if we're gonna have rainbow stickers i'll have to talk to dennis about that you might have to bribe him i was gonna say if paul has anything to say i know there will be something pink in there ponies yeah we might just take a cyan blue paint job (laughs) yeah we might have to charge a lot for that pink paint scheme hey dude i'm okay with this (laughs) i totally want to know the stats like how many people buy that and how many don't use it but just have it there we could probably do that What they need is a great big pink bow tied on the back of the mech. That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, No, in all seriousness, if I could could put a a radical paint job like that, something that really stands out, I might be able to question though. maybe 25, 30 bucks for it. Do you really want to stand out on the battlefield, though? Yes, I do. All right. Just just think, you're scrolling through the skins and, and everything for the mechs, and there it is, the Charlie Sheen. <laughs> can can I get a, a mech scheme with just a big target painted on my back? You know. Uh, all right. Well, moving on, we've got the uh, G4 TV Russ interview. Um, really, really good insight. You get a lot of in-game footage. He talks about a lot of things. The one thing I will say is uh, Russ is very camera shy. He's not. I mean, Brian, is he like that in, in just day-to-day interactions? No, not really. I mean, we're both still getting used to being in front of a camera, to be honest with you. It's, it is unnerving uh, at some times. Uh, we've done, the, even actually the most unnerving is not even getting in front of the TV crews. It's, it's doing these videos for you guys, these uh, tutorial videos and stuff where you have to be perfect. That's, it's hard. It's hard and we're getting used to it. Uh, Otherwise, we crucify you if we get something wrong. <laughs> That's right. And you also have to be careful what you're saying, and you have to be on focused on the marketing message. So, you know, there's some technical aspects. You have to smile, and you have to... It, it's it's hard, you know, and it's it's something you have to get used to. Phil is only asking that because he loves putting his mug out there. I mean, that guy spends more hours in a day staring at himself in the mirror than anybody else I know. Are we talking about me? We are. 
Were, were you not listening? Were you busy staring at yourself in a mirror? Sorry, I was uh, my mirror. Okay, focus. mirror, mirror on the wall. All right. So regardless, Russ, mad props, man. I know it's not easy getting in front of that camera. I just had to bring that up to sort of see what Brian would say. All right. Anyways, <laughs> good info. Uh, actually, it's some of the, the newest stuff, too. So if you haven't checked it out, give it a watch. It's about eight, seven, seven, eight minutes, something like that. We also had Wallpaper 10. This is a really cool picture. Obviously, everyone knows, or if you don't know, yes, the Centurion is my baby. I love it. You should love it. Everyone loves it. It's actually a pretty cool perspective, and I love how each week we get one of these, and it's something new and a different take. And I definitely think this is a cool one. However, I think to date my favorite was uh, was it the one before this? The Hunchback it was pretty amazing. Yeah, you know it's unique with the graphic fidelity that you guys and sort of the color scheme and sort of just the overall aesthetics. You're able to take in-game screenshots, and it almost looks like someone went in there. And just did. artwork. Yeah, I mean that's what the coolest thing about it is i was just about to bring that up the uh the whole color of it is amazing i especially love the little um almost where the centurion's helmet kind of sits but where the cockpit glass is just that little shine it's beautiful would you call that like sea foam green maybe a, a little bit of a cyan <laughs> yeah that's no, for you maybe it's greg. in game already <laughs> there you go greg <laughs> all right now we have something that happened very very recently and brian chime in whenever you'd like to um, on Facebook, basically what happened is, and this was reported to us and actually found this out by a friend as well, an email was sent out stating that you received a beta key and that you haven't activated it yet. And then almost another email came and said, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. This was for our beta players currently. And then another email basically said, you know what? Hey, if you receive this, here's a beta key. Was that planned, Brian? Really? Uh, no, it wasn't planned. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, but I'm going to look at him uh, as to how, how, unfortunately, it was sent to the wrong mailing list. And we have a number of mailing lists internally. And it uh, used a inside source header, which is normally our newsletter, which goes out to everybody who signed up for the newsletter. It was meant to go out to beta recipients only. Uh, so in our good, in our humble way, we said sorry. And then we honored what we offered and we fixed the problem. And so those who received that email were added to the beta. Uh, so it was it was a big surprise last night. <laughs> so I would have I would have loved to see the emotional roller coaster some people went through. They'd be like, "Yeah, oh yeah." <laughs> and then can you imagine being Brian and going, "Did you just send that to all?" Yeah. Oh my, you know, like well, yeah, apparently... it went to over over a hundred. Hundreds of thousands of people. So, holy, oops! Wow. So, does this mean it's open beta? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and here it was. I was thinking I was all special and stuff. <laughs> no, no it's not open beta. <laughs> no, actually, I got my beta invite a long time ago, but I don't play because my computer sucks. <laughs> We're gonna work on that. George. Yes, oh, that, that is a project. Uh, all right, moving on. Which that was hilarious, by the way. MechWare Inside Source, the Raven Nevermore has entered the game. Um, can you give us a little bit of Nevermore. feedback? Uh, what the, I mean, possible your own feedback, Brian, or... Well, I think it players? harks back to something Brian was saying before, which is that um, because some of the modules aren't in the game, like, I mean, basically, the Raven, while it's a beautiful mech, 
um, isn't really going to be at its peak until that kind of stuff is introduced into the game, correct? That's right, yeah. The Raven needs uh, the active probe and ECM systems to make it fully useful. Uh, those will come into play later next month. Uh, we're, I don't have a firm date yet because we're focusing on open beta and this stuff that's going to shift, but uh, the engineering team, Omid and Brian Buckton and Paul for design and Dave Bradley have been meeting about it and working hard to get it into the game quickly. It actually unlocks uh, several mechs, including uh, Centurion, I believe the Artemis or one of the items is tied to that, along with the Ferrofibrous, double heat sinks, all that industrial stuff, which is coming out early October. So once all those are in, we kind of finish off what we call the core BT work. So that's the Battletech rules work for open beta. And uh, yeah, you'll have uh, makes the Raven that much more useful. Yeah, well, I will say this about the Raven. I really like how the concept art has translated in game. It looks really solid. Absolutely. Yeah. I gotta definitely shout out to Gabe. He's our texture artist. He's done a full-on rework of all the textures and the system, the technology behind the system that we use for making our textures to support uh, the future and uh, custom skins and uh, custom patterns. So he's been kind of going through each mech hand by hand and redoing the art to make it look just absolutely amazing. And the Raven's one of those. And by those systems, I remember that article um, that gave a breakdown of basically a mech being from concept all the way to animation, to textures, the normal maps, the diffuse, everything. It was a really good read. And a ton of work goes into one mech. And obviously, there you have it. I mean, the Raven, it's sort of iconic. Uh, It'll be really cool uh, to see that running around. Now, we also had in the news an interview with Jordan Wiseman. Can you tell us about Jordan Wiseman? Like, is he as like a beat in person as he is in these videos, and just sort of like charismatic? Sure, I had the pleasure of having dinner with him at his house in Washington when we were down for PAX just recently here Labor Day. He is uh, an amazing person. He's uh, extremely humble. He's uh, very kind and uh, very generous with his time. And he's just, he's just absolutely intelligent and a, and a great inspiration for myself because we're both game designers. And uh, I absolutely love and cherish any time I can. Give it a watch. Um, he actually talks about his uh, upcoming project, uh, or I should say game. They went through Kickstarter and raised the funds, actually blew the, the fundraising up. And uh, Shadowrun, for those who haven't followed Shadowrun, it's actually pretty unique i actually never followed it because i was into BattleTech and mechwarrior so much growing up for but, those who uh, don't know who wiseman is I mean, maybe we want to give a quick uh, explanation he's basically would you say a founding father of sorts for the uh, franchise uh he's got a lot of franchises he got BattleTech, uh Crimson <laughs> but that Sky. but that relates to for us. BattleTech, yes for yes. BattleTech, and what's crazy is uh i gotta find this video i watched him it was a news interview of the pods back in the day and like i mean those were good days man he was like it's so funny because it's all like he's young and like the pods you had everybody around it was like an arcade place people i mean just a ton of stuff i gotta find the links for that what's an arcade Uh, exactly right you know oh it's the pc in front of you my man cave is a freaking arcade and i can link that right in the bottom here there you go so we've got a million posts achieved on the uh, on the MWO forums. Holy wow. crap. There's that YouTube video. Check it out. It's pretty funny. It's pretty, just for the fact that you look back and you're like, wow, 
I was so surprised. Which one of you guys in the future goes back in time and tells them about our podcast? I mean, the shadowed at the end. It's beautiful. Maybe we'll be able to do it in like 30 <laughs> years. Well, I will, Darren. I'll be Darren gone. Is all. Yeah. I'll be in the but, Mac graveyard. Yeah, give it five more years and we'll be like, what's a console? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alright, so that's it for MWO. Obviously, we'll uh, cover uh, 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 You forgot oh, something. What? I forgot to ask the dev 17. Well, my Firefox just died, so give me a second. Would you tell us about it, Brandon? <sighs> Certainly. Yeah. Ask the devs number 17. Once again, almost like 16. Uh, but just one more. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Garth does his thing and is a goof, and don't encourage him. Do any of the questions stand out to you? Uh, well, actually, some of the ones that we answered today with uh, Brian here, uh, there was a question about the 12, 32, and 64 players, uh, how they plan to launch with the 12 versus 12, uh, and if possible, months later, they'll be, um, as we learned today as well, they'll be upgrading to hopefully bigger size maps and bigger population in the servers. Cool. Anything else sound good? Uh, Garth said that the urban mech is coming later, if that means anything to anyone. Oh, really? So it's confirmed then? Is that what he's saying? Um, I hope so. Yeah, Garth is a liar. You never listen to Garth. Everything he says is misinformation. (laughs) He's an enabler. Trash cans in space. Well, you'll make... Trash cans in space! And as I was just going to say, you're going to make our George happy with the uh, urban mech. I know that there were um, questions about random map generation floating around for some reason on the forums, and uh, we actually get an answer to that, which is no. Uh, There will not be any... um, random map generators for uh, uh, maps and combat and whatnot, which is a good thing in my opinion. I agree with that. Yeah, to kind of, I've had that question asked a couple times, and it packs as well. It's just, a random generated map is not going to have that that sex appeal, that really awesome looking, cool, immersive feel. Uh, it suits terrain maps. It could do a lot of terrain maps well, but it's just not going to feel the same as what we can achieve by handcrafting the maps and placing everything exactly where we want it. Keep in mind, we work with all kinds of things like line of sight, distances from spawn points to center points, uh, specific flows, um, specific routing. You know, buildings aren't placed randomly. They're placed specifically to be in a certain spot to counter a certain or create a certain strategy. I was going to say, uh, behind the scenes, as far as developing in server software, you guys get actually a lot of feedback when people are playing, right? Like you get hot spots where all the action's going on. Because I've seen this with other game uh, developers. They actually get like all this data and they can say, okay, well, 60% of the map over here isn't even being used. How can we go about to fix that? So, Yeah, in the beta forums, um, there's, and you can actually view them, they're hot links outside. Uh, you can see the heat maps, which is really interesting. We can we can see exactly where players are moving and dying. Uh, I even know exactly where people are getting team killed. Like I can tell I'm <laughs> team killed, and I can look at me. I can look at any of you guys and see your entire movement. So, for example, if you were botting or cheating, I can see patterns, which is really cool. And I haven't posted the new heat maps, but they're they're almost like negatives. We don't even project the um, the actual map behind the data anymore. There's so much clarity and data points we can actually see the map emerge from the the logs that it creates its own piece of art it's really oh, that's cool. crazy so what am i wearing right now brian <laughs> no uh hopefully what you uh, wearing, Phil? the question yeah. is what are you not wearing well that's awesome i mean you heard that team killers they're watching you all right guys we're going to move on to mechware tactics now a lot of things have happened in mechware tactics 
the Stalker 3D render was released. Um, first off, the Stalker is one of those like mechs that we've talked about before. Obviously, Every, somebody say it. Come on, penis, penis on legs. There you go. There you go. It's it's like a unit. Unit. Yeah, well, so what I, do you now? We we'd actually. I thought we talked about the Stalker. We did. Was it? We talked. We talked about this specific, the tactics one. Yeah. And um, again. We're not sure of the weapons and the placement. Obviously, you can see that the weapon geometry actually spawns and locations, but we're not sure of the exact variant this one is and if it's representative of, like, the one that was listed because, you know, LRMs, but yet you see all the pictures. It was sort of like the catapult we were talking about, and this one varies from what the... Uh, well, this the is not my favorite mech that we've seen in the 3D rendering. I have to say, again, I love these 3D models. I think they're cool. You know, and in general, the style they went for, they weren't going for photorealistic. They weren't doing a MechWarrior online. They were doing a uh, tabletop-esque, you know, conversion and bringing a sort of stylized uh, look, which, hey, you know what? That's fine, you know, so. We're okay with that. I'm okay. Are you okay? <laughs> I am okay. I'm the, better than okay. The Clint is a new uh, design that, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Greg, Br uh, Brennan, I mean, you guys Speak know what that original up. looks like. I actually like the new design, and hate me all you will. Uh, it stays actually fairly close as far as the torso and the some of the leg parts. Uh, it stays fairly close to the TRO. Really, the only change made is in the head, and I kind of like it a little bit more. It's going for a little bit more of a hunchback feel, feel with the uh, head. Rabbit ears, I see there. It's going with the built-in cockpit area into the actual torso instead of on a you know swivel of its own so uh obviously if you don't know anything about the clint uh this particular uh model it's got an ac5 and two medium lasers quite fast uh, and then obviously the heat uh, efficiency it's really good on this and i've actually used the clint in the tabletop so there you have it um, i've used it for i've always had mixed feelings about the clint but i like the new take on it it's kind of cool looking do you know how to find the clint I am the Clint Commander. <laughs> Nobody works the Clint. Like Quickly, oh, wow. <laughs> move okay, on. Quick, moving on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> the devs over at uh, <laughs> MechWarrior Tactics actually did a AMA session with, on it's Reddit. It's actually going on right now. So if you head over to Reddit, the there you go. link provided by either Boo and or Evernight below somewhere when they get to it. And anyways, it's ongoing. So what we'll do is we will get all of the info for you by next week and uh, talk a little bit about what's discussed. The coolest thing ever about both of these groups and not to freaking give you a e-blowjob, Ryan, but these guys, the dev teams, they're actually asking us for their feedback. They're actually asking us what we want and especially, you know, that's a huge leap. Huge leap from MechWarrior 4. We never had any interaction at all zippo we no. got what we got and we liked it or we leaved it <laughs> yeah you jerk well that's the beauty of our model you know i love it i love dealing with you guys on a regular basis and i love working with the fans and seeing your passion and you know a ton of great ideas t and have come out of having the community open since basically the inception of production and it's helped steer and guide and direct us and i mean we're not making this for 50 people we're making this for you know a million people and we want to make it as accessible and as fun for everybody as possible and no so, brian millions millions 
millions. All right. Anyways, we're, we're toppling. To wow. You guys, but I actually I'm running late now and I need to jump out of here. So I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, I look forward to doing it again. Thank awesome. you, Brian. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much, Brian. Hope to have you on here again. All right. Take care, guys. See you guys. Tell, tell all the guys at the studio. Thank you. And we'll have you guys on another another night. Here, here. All right. Take care. Bye. Later. All right. One of the other things, uh, the dev questions over at uh, Tactics is, what famous mech commander would you most like to fight against as an AI opponent? Now, before you even answer that question, I want you to nitpick this. They said AI opponent. They've actually been asking a lot about AI. Easy. Kyle or Lau. Well, no. The whole point of the AI is they initially said, you know, hey, we're just going to focus on PvP. Now... They're basically saying, hey, you know, a lot of the community wants this being able to play with each other, play against AI. I think that's the coolest thing out of whether or not the question was actually that, but it's the fact that you can take the AI out of that. Bottom line, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna go up against if you're gonna pick somebody, one person, might as well go against the best. Kyle. He's an, he's not a he's not a commander though. Oh, well, wasn't he eventually? I mean, he'll kill you. It's like yeah, he will. his brother. I mean, yeah. It's actually Chuck Norris. All right, what's your answer future. then? Me? Yeah. Uh, I would go up against uh, Morgan Kell. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> actually, I was, that was my answer. Thanks for taking that. Do you have a reason behind that? It's because, well, one, I've always... I've actually been known as Phelan Kell for years up until uh, MWO was announced. I actually still have my Phelan Kell login for mwo but i switched over to sean lake so yeah and i've been known as luke skywalker for a long time but uh i changed it because there was a few too many people using that name you know what i can <laughs> log in right now to prove you wrong there oh, man. <laughs> what about you greg that was a tough call uh sort of a toss-up between jamie wolf and natasha Krenzky. it's got to be natasha i mean you know you set up uh well anyway i'm not gonna get crude natasha Oh, now you're not? Oh, okay. Hey, I didn't before. Whatever you insinuated, man, that's on you. (laughs) The other question... Yeah, I've been told I look like Jamie Wolf, so I'd pick him. (laughs) Good at reason as any. I wouldn't wouldn't fight you, George. I wouldn't fight you. You you fight me every week, Phil. (laughs) Every week. It's tough love. I'd I'd go up against Duncan Fisher. Yeah, but no one knows what he looks like. Do we, has there never ever been any concept art? Never, never, never ever. Um, wow! He was just conceived by the uh, game designer. Ooh. And they thought. I think we, we should, can fix this. We should. Well, yeah, I, we I should. I did a thing. I did a. I posted a thing on um, the MWO forums about give me a Duncan Fisher backstory, and I got some great stuff. But yeah, nothing, nothing official. We I, should commission an artist. And we could do Duncan Fisher T-shirts. <laughs> someone a Highlander is, is someone give Duncan Fisher an eye patch. Actually, I did see. I have seen some pictures that people you know threw up at me, and uh, yeah, it, it looks good. But I agree. I, I think uh, Faceless is the best. <laughs> that's what that's what War Games is saying. Is that George? He needs to be Faceless. I agree because. Yeah, it, it's better if you imagine what Duncan Fisher was. Okay, so here's what we do. What, what was Duncan Fisher's mech of choice? Like, I know he made little comments in in, uh, in the game. Yeah, like... yeah, I remember he he made some comments that he liked the Uziel. Yep, there uh, we go. Somebody confirmed yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that was the one. So we do a t-shirt with a picture of an Uziel with, with uh, Duncan Fisher inside, and it's close enough to where you can see in the cockpit, but right where his face is, we'll have like a sun glare or something like that. 
No, you know what they should do? They should do a picture of an Uziel. You know, have Shimmering Sword do this. It's an Uziel, but it's like parked. You know, like it's sort of shut down because right. of something or other. But all scattered on the bottom next to it is all these like beer cans and stuff. I think that would be great. It's like all <laughs> dilapidated and stuff. And yeah, there apart. you go. Yeah. You can't remember where the keys are, so he's just sitting. That in may be our next project. To be impressive, you know that kind of thing. All right, guys, we got to move on though. Good, good idea though. The other dev question is basically, of all the mechs, apart from the Unseen, which one are you most excited to see in MechWare Tactics? So they're asking you these, so go over to their threads and forums and post. Like, they want, like if you don't go and post, like, oh, I want the, I don't know, Centurion, and it doesn't make it in-game, and it didn't make it, tough luck. You didn't say anything. Go out there. Go tough titties. Right now. You have only yourselves to blame. You do. Is that what I say when politicians get elected and I don't like them? Mm. Yep. It is what it That's is. That's what I do. All right. Another topic was the monetization in MechWare Tactics. It's actually a good little read. They don't get into a whole lot of details other than the fact that they're basically talking about the uh, free-to-play model and how their stacks and their purchases revolve basically around the player and what the player wants and they see as a necessity that they, they want to buy. And they don't get into like specifics of what each one does or the percentages or you know anything like that. But basically says they've developed their pretty much entire game around the free-to-play market, and it's actually fit in pretty well. So, and of course, as always, you can go ask questions about the game to Sophie IGP underscore Sophie in the Ask the Dev thread question, and we have that link for you right here i think brennan's about to link it for you there you go oh well hold on, that's ever nine he's posting the bio awesome and stuff like that but a lot of cool stuff with tactics um we're actually hoping to get those guys on the show soon and as you can expect expect more guys from piranha to be on the show um it was really cool and an honor to have brian on here again it's taken a lot of time and effort and ultimately you guys are the reasons we've made it this far, but enough of that rant. MechWarrior Living Legends, I know I've mentioned that the Planetary League is going on. If you haven't visited, go check it out, www.mechlivinglegends.net. Now, for those who don't know, it's basically a Crisis 2 mod. Um, you have to have Crisis Wars uh, installed. It's uh, There's videos about how to install it. It's actually matured so much since I first started planning years ago. Years ago, you had to like sort and get it. Now it's got this installer. It does everything for you. It even patches without like you having to move anything. It's really nice. And I know the guys are still working on bringing in more features. And so hopefully we'll hear about those soon. And I've been in talks with King Lair and he'll let me know as soon as there's more news. So go and check it out. Amazing mod, really fun. And for those who don't have access to the MWO beta, be a good way to get in there get some team group play and stuff like that going i mean would you not agree uh greg and darren i'm eating right now oh, yes i agree wow. i agree wholeheartedly phil thanks george you're you're my wingman thanks. i'm with you bro some more news mechware tactical command if you big didn't news know, big, yes, big news we've got eight days yes that's eight days before MechWare did you just say eight command. yes eight days as in one that- more than seven as, as in September 27th. Holy shit. 
Yes, eight days. So for those who don't know, MechWarrior Tactical Man is being developed for iOS. It's for the iPad, though they said it can be played on the iPhone, but it's better on the, the iPad. Now, more news will obviously come as they start gearing up, and we might even be able to have them on the show or some, I don't know, new screenshots or something like that. I'll, I'll see what I can do. But the cool thing is they actually have a really cool storyline, and... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say maybe someone's voice might be in the game. I don't know. If there's, yeah, first of all, a lot of Apple naysayers in our audience. And to you, I say I agree 100%. However, I'm supportive of this game for two reasons. One is because it's a MechWarrior Battletech product. So any success in that market is success for the genre. And it means things like our podcast will live on uh, because there's enthusiasm. There's people that are interested. But... The second and most important reason why you want to get yourself some kind of Apple product and be able to play this game is because our own George Ledoux is on there. There you have it. Yep. Yep. It should, it's true. It's true. They should start putting that on uh, the new iPads when they kind of be like, buy this game that's George Ledoux selling point. Boom. There you go. And as soon as, Seriously. you know, uh, You're, that was free lot. Apple. You're welcome. <laughs> So as soon as I get more info, and I'll, I'll send out some emails and try to get you guys more info, um, I'm sort of anticipating this. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, like Darren said. I mean, anything uh, that's helping the franchise out um, in the long run is, is a good thing, and uh, we'll see um, this game be able to play it. I mean, and maybe they'll bring some of those Apple dorks over to uh, MechWarrior Online and Tactics and so forth. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And believe me, guys, uh, and everyone out there in the audience, I. I have never been an Apple uh, lover, um, but recently I'd gotten an iPhone because my wife basically bought it for me. <laughs> Good woman. So, yeah, uh, because she wanted one. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be on the iPad. I would suggest the iPad because I've seen the game. Um, you're going to need that for it. And actually, they sent me a, a code for an early build of the game, but I don't have an iPad, so... Uh, if you know, if you want to send me, you know, a hundred dollars, I'll send it to you. <laughs> you. Wow! I thought you were going to wow. say if you want to buy me an iPad. Yeah, no. Right? No, I don't. I don't want an iPad that bad. I'm, You're I'm a scalper. Enough to have the iPhone, but yeah. We're nice. moving on from the extortionist over here. Um, <laughs> so, MacTech. Um, again, we've been keeping close uh, tabs on these guys. Plus, did you say Stompy Bots? James. Oh no, Taylor. you said MacTech. For everyone, yes. Okay, for those who don't know, I swear there's a new Heavy Gear coming out, published by StompyBot Productions. Google it, find out. Anyways. James Taylor is involved, and we're not talking James about Taylor the bald is, folk singer. Yes, and even though James Taylor, the White Feather, and Mech Tech, and people are like, oh, that's not him, and Mech Tech's not doing Heavy Gear, I'm going to go out on limb, I'm going to say it's Mech Tech that's doing Heavy Gear. But that's just speculation. And when I'm you're right, crazy. The chances right, you take, man, they're crazy. I'm saying, when I'm right and you're wrong, I'll be able to. You're a loose something. cannon, Phil. You're going to get it shut down. Uh. <laughs> All right, guys. And again, 653 likes on Facebook. I know some of you guys don't like Facebook. That's cool. You don't have to go there. But if you do, just so happen to swing by, give us a like. People that aren't using Facebook. Are they just not using – they, is it because they're using Google Plus? Is it because they're still in MySpace? Is it because they don't use anything at all? What, what's the oh, answer there? Hold on. 678, not 653. So increased. So kudos for those who have liked us. 
Well, I think it's just... Are they hiding from the FBI? Privacy. I mean, some people, I mean, once you put it up there, it's there. Some people, it's just they don't like social media. And I well, totally what I'm it. asking mainly is, uh, is it because Facebook is being left behind and we better get onto Google Plus now or we're going to miss the boat? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any stock. I don't really care. All right. But... And also another number is we had uh, at least the peak that I saw today in the live audience, 130. 130. I think that's actually a record. It is it our is record. record. So. Tonight we had uh, at peak, at peak, um, we had 130 people in the studio. Um, so minus us from that, maybe 120, what, 126? One, yes. Oh, more than four. Sorry, way to go, guys. Thank you. Uh, so 124. Well, how Thank about you this? for everybody showing up. You don't have to go to Facebook and you don't have to like us if you don't like it. Go to our website. And just register. That way you can post on the community questions and mech of the week. So, you know what? It's not social media, so you don't have to hate us. We're not like, you know, that. So, anyways, go to our register and look forward, or I should say keep an eye out for the T-shirts and those going on sale. It's going to be really cool. And it's not going to be this middleman. You guys are literally going to be order the T-shirts and it comes straight to your doorstep. Like, we're not even involved. It's really, really nice. And so... And the cool thing is, like, you can get long sleeve ones, like the one I ordered, and it was really cool. So, Rifleman. And I don't have to address a bunch of freaking envelopes. Sorry for all of you who got one of those envelopes in my shitty writing, but... I framed it there, and it was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) I don't have to do that anymore. Anyways. It's it's right up there, right beside my map of the Inner Sphere on the wall. Mm -hmm, I'm sure. All right, guys. This has been an amazing show. Thank you again to Brian and Piranha Games for being on tonight, and we're looking forward to having you guys on more. All of you guys in the live studio audience, you guys are awesome. And if you are drinking, unit, unit, unit. Thanks unit. to everyone, our community, our staff members for putting in the time and effort. And I hope you guys are looking forward to what the show is going to bring. Hopefully, in the near future, give us a little bit more time. We got a lot of work to do. But this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechwear podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hale. This is Greg, also known as Alexa. This is George. Until next time, Mech Warrior. Is that how you talk to your woman, by the way? Unit. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever